Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Jason Kong, and I have the pleasure of being here alongside Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing today? Uh, Good morning. Happy Labor Day weekend. Happy Labor Day weekend. This is a fun weekend, Bill. You know, we got through the first week of school. This is kind of what I equate the the first real weekend of college football season to. Well, that too. That too. It's a fun time. It it is a fabulous time. In fact, I I know that uh, there are a lot of folks who are really excited about the college football season uh, having gotten underway. Uh, and is in full throttle this this weekend, uh, and of course uh, the the pros will guess I guess they get started next weekend, don't they? That's right. Uh, yeah. So, well, has your body clock adjusted uh, to uh, uh, your kids being in school? Um, my clock has adjusted. The, <laughs> the challenge is their clocks adjusted. You say the kids' clocks yes. have not quite adjusted yet. Yeah, I can appreciate that. It, it takes, uh, yeah, it takes everybody moving together. I think to get organized in the morning. Uh, so yeah, that that takes special talent. I, you know, fortunately for me, I don't have to worry about those things anymore. A lot of sugary cereal and a lot of patience goes a long way. Uh, well, I would advise against the sugary part, but uh, yeah, I, I, I guess that that at least allows you to get get them to get something down, um, which which is important for sure. Well, I do hope that that folks enjoy this weekend. Uh, you know, when we have um, holidays uh, like this, uh, I, I give my team extra time off, so we. Well, our, my office normally works a half day on Fridays when we have major holidays. Um, I, I give my folks um, uh, fr- Friday completely off, and then, of course, most of the holidays fall on Monday. So they get Monday off, too. So it makes for a nice long weekend for us, and, and it helps. You know, I talk about respite and how important it is. Well, that's, it's... Uh, not just important for caregivers, but it's important for folks who work hard as well. Uh, it's the basically it's the same deal. I mean, you know, when you uh, have a, a lot to do and, and stressful situations, and you work hard, um, you, you need that time off to chill out, if you will. So it's it's um, um, an important thing about. Uh, life is the fact that we need to take care of ourselves and part of taking care of ourselves uh, isn't the financial part it's the it's the health part and our mental health as well as our physical health and frankly taking time off is good good for both mental health and physical health so it it uh, makes a difference to get uh, to, to basically take that extra time for ourselves um, and do stuff that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's wonderful that you do that for your staff, and it's well needed. You lead by mm-hmm. example. You talk so often about the importance of respite when it comes to caregiving. But as you said, respite when it comes to anyone who's working hard is key to make sure that you're keeping your battery charged to its full capacity. No question about it. Well, um, a- anyway, you know, as as you know. Um, we will be uh, conducting our next Medicaid and long-term care webinar 
uh, September 13th, starting at 10.30 in the morning. Uh, and, of course, I would encourage uh, folks uh, to sign up for our, our webinar uh, because, quite frankly, it's an area that is confusing. Uh, and, quite frankly, there is so much misinformation on the streets. Uh, there are very few uh, professionals who actually know the Medicaid rules. And, of course, uh, to make it even more confusing, uh, there's not one set of rules. There are lots of different sets of rules, and, and quite frankly, this might surprise some folks because people do, I think, know that Medicaid is a federal law. Uh, but the fact is, is that every state administers the Medicaid rules differently. So what you learn in North Carolina, you can't use if you move to another state. I mean, in, 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 in fact, the rules can be quite different in terms of, of how to, you know, what is not countable or exempt uh, or how uh, an attorney who understands the rules can actually protect your property because state laws are very different. Uh, but Medicaid uh, allows the states to administer, to have different rules is what I'm getting at. So there's some overarching rules that uh, apply to everyone. But, you know, the, 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 um, uh, the, 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 the real important part in terms of how it works is in the details and so the the i tell folks the fact that what they learn in my webinar it will be 100 percent accurate as it relates to north carolina rules but they can't rely on what they learn from me uh, and take it to virginia or florida or new york or anywhere else uh it just doesn't work that way um so but the fact is, is and, and you know that's just one. But the other thing is, is that Medicaid uh, is more than one program with different rules for different programs. And so you, you know you have Medicaid at home, which uh, most people cannot get unless they're very poor. And then you have Medicaid for nursing care. You have the PACE program, which is an adult daycare type of program on steroids. I like to say. Uh, there's money follows the the uh, person program. There uh, there is the the special assistance program. I mean, some folks uh, get Medicare and Medicaid confused, and of course, um, that creates its own set of problems because Medicare does not cover long-term care. Our health insurance does not cover long-term care. Um, so, and unfortunately, our healthcare system is based upon acute care. You know, if you have a headache, there's something that can be done for it. If you break your arm, there's something that can be done, you know. But it's the kind of thing where the long-term care issues is a huge issue, especially for seniors. Now, uh, it, it can happen to younger people, uh, but at the same time, uh, most, the majority of seniors 
do in fact have long-term care issues. So the question is, how do you deal with it? Okay. And so our Medicaid webinar can actually help people a lot in terms of knowing what programs are out there that can actually help them and the fact that there are a number of programs that might help but it's probably that they're probably ineligible for it knowing what you can get and what you can't get is a really an important thing for folks to master if you will and uh, and frankly uh, the only place to really get a good understanding of it is through an elder law attorney who is steeped in it. Um, you're, you know, there's really not any other good source. There's no books out there that folks can read. Uh, why? Because this, the rules are specific to North Carolina, and you can't publish a book, if you will, uh, that's limited to one state that can be commercially successful. So people are not going to, and plus the rules change often enough to where you'd have to have an updated edition every year. So in essence, that's not really a a commercial possibility. Uh, If it was, I would write a book. (laughs) But the fact is, is that it, it, it doesn't work that way. So you can't get it out of a book. Uh, the social workers at the facilities, the hospitals and the nursing homes and assisted places, they, they don't know very much about how the rules work. And in fact, they can get you in trouble by wanting to help you with an application that should not be filed. In fact, uh, to, uh, and I, I just had a case uh, just recently where uh, there was a good bit of gifting by a family. And uh, gifting is another area where having professional advice makes a ton of difference, Uh, not only for Medicaid purposes and asset protection purposes, but just as importantly, income tax purposes. It's uh, amazing to me why People do things thinking they're doing the right things, and then they realize it's a $100,000 mistake because now they've created a tax situation that they would not have had had they gotten good advice. But uh, to, to, to uh, get back to uh, the point about an application being made, uh, a family had a sister who was not really involved in the care that just out of the blue uh, filed an application for Medicaid a couple years ago. Well, it came to pass that the major gifting had occurred six years ago. So what does that mean? It means that the sister who filed an application when Medicaid really was not available. Of course, the application was denied because the sister didn't know what she was doing to begin with, but she filed the application. Well, guess what? You can't take an application back. And so all of that gifting was in the five-year look back. So now you can't unwind the fact that the first application, which was denied, 
you know, in, in essence, showed a huge sanction. So now the five years have already expired, but the sister filed an application at the wrong time, which basically means this this family um, is never going to be able to get on Medicaid, and, and so they're having to pay that $9,000 a month. See, that's the other thing that creates uh, people don't realize how expensive it is. And most nursing homes right now cost anywhere between uh, $7,500 and $12,000 a month, depending on location and other factors. But, uh, you know, the majority of them are over $8,000 a month. Now, how many of us have that much money? So Medicaid is a lifesaver for so many families. So anyway, the fact is, is for those folks who want more information about how long-term care works, what's available to them, uh, our Medicaid webinar uh, is a really good source uh, to start with. That's well said, and you want to get ahead of this as much as you can. You don't want to make a mistake. I'm sure that application that was filled out by that family was done with the best intentions, but uh, the good intentions don't hold up with the Medicaid office. You've got to do things in the way that satisfies them, and that usually entails planning on the front end and speaking with an elder law attorney. Get a hold of the team at WG Alexander & Associates. Go to WGA Law. You can also register for Bill's free webinar happening this Wednesday, September 13th. Learn more about long-term care assistance, Medicaid, VA benefits, and all forms of financial assistance that you may qualify for, you or a loved one, when it comes to the extravagant costs of long-term care. Those numbers that Bill threw out are real, $7,500 a month, up to $12,000 a month for nursing care. Those are real numbers, and... uh, numbers that most of us cannot afford. If you want to learn more, again, go to WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. We're taking a short break, but we'll be back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. You can learn more about Bill and the team at WG Alexander and Associates at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button if you want to register for Bill's free webinar on long-term care assistance happening on Wednesday, September 13th. WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're having a discussion related to planning when it comes to Medicaid and asset protection and documents play a key role in this. question, But before I get into documents uh, and how they work and why they work, um, I want to go back to a, a comment I made just a few minutes ago about the fact that Uh, Getting good professional advice, uh, particularly when people are considering making major moves with their property, 
is something that is really important for folks to do. It, it does, it's not necessarily uh, where you need an attorney's advice, although elder law attorneys are a good resource for these, these kinds of things, uh, for seniors particularly, uh, but CPAs uh, are also good resources as it relates to major uh, uh, dispositions of property. And I just had some wonderful, a wonderful family where a fella had been working with his dad for his entire lifetime, uh, had a good business. They owned the business. They own, it was a repair shop. It was, it was a very successful business. They also owned the buildings uh, involved in it. And dad's 96 years old, son is early 60s. Um, and, you know, dad's a tough guy. He's still... Um, uh, still has had been working in the business uh, up until just recently. Well, I've come to find out uh, that they did not get good advice. So what did they do? Well, the uh, the uh, the fellow, 96 years old, uh, basically transferred. He gifted his 50% interest in the business to his son. Okay. He also gifted his uh, interest in the building in which the business was uh, located to his son. And then guess what? It was all sold. Now, to, and you have to understand that dad's 96 years old. All right. So the fact is, is that his income was less than his son's income. He hadn't been working as hard over the last, you know, 15 years, uh, those kinds of things. And his son had other income as well. So guess what? His son's income tax bracket is higher than his dad's. Well, you know, frankly, they should have left it alone. And if they wanted to sell the business or needed to sell the business, which I don't think they really needed to do, then they could have sold it, owning it together, and then he would have paid his income taxes separately than what the son did. And then if the dad wanted to gift the money to his son, he could have gifted the money to his son instead of the property and ahead of time. So... Now, of course, the other thing is, is that he might have been, they might have been wise to um, not sell it until dad died, because then dad's half interest would have gotten a step up in income tax basis and significantly reduced the income tax on the sale of the business. Well, nobody told him about their options. Now, if, if, if they had had good advice and said, well, we're going to do this anyway, that's okay. Because if you make, you know, if, if, if you make decisions based on knowing what happens, uh, then that's a good thing. I mean, whether it's, a, you know, because you're doing what you feel is, is best and right. But if you're making decisions ignorant of what the results will be, that, that's when it, it makes a huge difference to do things a little bit differently. So uh, anyway, that's a story that I think is important for folks to hear because getting good advice can save people thousands of dollars. And I realize that people don't want to go 
to lawyers and CPAs unnecessarily because guess what? Uh, sometimes getting advice can cost a few hundred dollars, and it's like you'd you'd rather take mama out to eat than than give that money to a lawyer I, I, or a CPA. I get that, but the fact is is that. You know, it's the penny-wise, dollar-foolish kind of thing because if going to an advisor can save you thousands and sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on, you know, what's involved, that's just good business. If, if you know, so bottom line is having good advisors around you is something I talk about from time to time. Uh, but I want to put it in a perspective that folks understand. And that makes plenty of sense. Anytime you are engaging in a transaction with property or a, an asset that has a tremendous amount of value, really does make sense to contact a professional first. And if an elder law attorney is something that would suit your needs, then that's what you should do. Get a hold of an elder law attorney if you want to get a hold of Bill and the team at WG Alexander and Associates. You can go to WGALaw.com. It's very easy to schedule some time to speak with a professional there. You can also call the office. The phone number is 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. And don't forget, Bill's Long-Term Care Assistance Webinar is happening this Wednesday, September 13th. Thomas Alexander, Bill's son, will be the one conducting the webinar on Wednesday, September 13th. Learn more about Medicaid, VA benefits, and other forms of financial assistance for you or a loved one dealing with long-term care crises. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button to learn more. A quick break and back, you're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be right back after this. listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about Bill at WGALaw.com, WGALaw.com. That's also where you can go to register for Bill's free webinars happening this Wednesday, September 13th. Actually, not this Wednesday, but Wednesday, September 13th is the next webinar, and these happen the second Wednesday of every month. So mark your calendar for Wednesday, September 13th, and go online to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and Bill, we've been having a, a very thorough discussion on some uh, advice when it comes to planning, and we've talked a lot about Medicaid as well. Well, exactly, and I, I want to uh, put things in perspective for folks as to circumstances as to why good legal documents make all the difference in the world. Uh, because you'd be surprised. There are uh, lots and lots of folks that have no documents at all uh, because the one thing that we do as humans is we put it off. We procrastinate. It's sort of like, well, I'm healthy. Life is good. Why should I go and, and get these things done. Uh, and the fact is, is that none of us know 
when bad things are going to happen to us. And the fact is, is that having the documents in place in advance of bad things happening um, is uh, is a necessity, and that's where people uh, fall short. So basically, uh, what I want to do is uh, let's talk about uh, when a married person needs continuing care in a nursing home. Um, and uh, so, the, the, because nobody wants to stay in a nursing home, and I'm one of those, okay? And I hope everyone out there is, is uh, following um, it, the same way. But the fact is that sometimes there are circumstances where there's no other option. So the fact is when a loved one uh, goes to the hospital, uh, it, oftentimes they will go to a nursing home for rehabilitation. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's not their first time that, that they've gone to, to the hospital or into rehab. It might be their fifth time. But the fact is, is that when folks go into rehabilitation, we hope that that's a temporary stay and that we get to go home. Uh, but the fact is uh, that sometimes that's not an option. Sometimes um, a, a person who goes on rehab doesn't recover sufficiently. Uh, they might remain bedridden, or there might be a, a reason why you can't bring them home safely. Sometimes it's because dad's a big guy and mom's a little lady and and doesn't have the physical ability to take care of dad at home. Uh, but, it, you know, there's a hundred other reasons why uh, folks might not have the ability to care for a person safely at home. It's it's not that they don't want to. It's It's the fact that they don't have the ability to do it. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, children or other family members can be involved and help, but a lot of folks don't have that type of help. And uh, and quite frankly, taking care of a, a loved one who needs care uh, is a very, very hard job. And people can wear out trying to do that as well. And so we've talked about that a lot over, over the years on this show. So, But the fact is, is that a person starts on rehab, uh, and the question is, can I bring mom or dad home? Can I bring my spouse home? Uh, and, and oftentimes we don't know at that, you know, when rehab starts. Uh, it really, sometimes it depends on them and, and their efforts to recover and their attitude. And then the question is, okay, can we bring mom or dad home or my spouse home? And are there other alternatives uh, that might work out for us? Uh, And we don't necessarily know that, but we're going to assume either way that dad is very, very sick or mom is very, very sick. Uh, and uh, so the question is, do you have the right documents? Well, obviously somebody's really sick. So the fact is, do they have the capacity to make their own health care decisions? Well, guess what? This is where your health care power of attorney comes into play. 
because if you don't have a health care power of attorney, then there's no one that has the authority to make health care decisions for you. And that can be very problematic, particularly, uh, you know, when you've, I mean, there are lots of reasons, either permanently or temporarily, why you might not be able to make decisions for yourself. It, it could be a dementia issue. It could be the fact that uh, you're in great pain. You have lots of medication that keeps you woozy. Uh, it, it could be that you're unconscious or that you're in and out or in surgery. That, you know, there are lots of different reasons why you may not have the capacity to make health care decisions. Well, if you have a health care power of attorney, then you've appointed someone that you trust to make your health care decisions for you. And if you don't have one, then nobody can make those decisions for you. And, and that's when problems arise. Of course, when it comes to health, then uh, it, I think it's really helpful for families if you have what's called an advanced directive for natural death so that somebody's not kept on life support when there otherwise is, is no hope. You know, they're a vegetable, they're unconscious and, and with no hope of waking up or they're on their deathbed, and the doctors don't have the ability to take them off of life support because there's no advanced directive and no health care power of attorney. Well, there are a couple other documents in there that can be helpful as well. One's a medical release for HIPAA compliance so that the doctors can, can talk to you and tell you what's going on. Because if there's not a HIPAA-compliant medical release uh, or if there's not a healthcare power of attorney that gives that authority, the, you know, the doctors and hospitals aren't supposed to communicate or give your private health care information out. So... Uh, again, when people are sick, those health care documents make a huge difference. And, and also, if, if, uh, if it's th- there are some additional medical orders that are not legal documents that sometimes are appropriate, people do get confused sometimes between an advanced directive or a living will, which is where things are hopeless, to a DNR, do not resuscitate. Well, that's a medical order that your primary care physician should uh, counsel you on, but that's where you're ready to die and you don't want uh, anyone making extraordinary, uh, doing anything extraordinary to you to keep you alive uh, if, in other words, if you need to be resuscitated. It's like, I'm ready to go, let me go. Uh, but that's, that is the completely opposite from an advanced directive that, only involves taking you off of life support in hopeless situations. Uh, But that medical release is important. And then something that's fairly new uh, called a digital release. Well, somebody's got to pay the bills. And, uh, you know, guess what? Almost everything's online today. You know, your bank account's online. Your investment accounts are online. So if you have a power of attorney, it's important for those folks to be able to have your permission to use your username and password and go online. 
So I've talked about some of these other ancillary documents, and I haven't talked about the two most important documents, which would be your general durable power of attorney and how you might use your last will and testament as an asset protection document for your family. So uh, when we come back, let me talk about those for a moment. We will do that. If you have had documents drawn up in the past, you're listening to Bill saying, you know, I've I had a power of attorney drawn up 20 years ago. I'm good. If you haven't had your documents reviewed by an elder law attorney, you really should take some time to do so. You don't want to be caught with any surprises when it comes to your documents and your planning. As Bill is going to explain, the general durable power of attorney is a very, very critical document, and we're going to get into that discussion. If you want to schedule some time to speak with Bill and the team at WG Alexander and Associates, go to WGALaw.com. And if you want to register and attend Bill's free webinar on long-term care assistance, the Asset Protection and Trust Planning webinar will resume in October, but this month we're only doing the long-term care assistance webinar that's happening on Wednesday, September 13th. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button at the top of the page, or call the office, 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be back after this. Listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more about WG Alexander and Associates. Schedule some time to speak with Bill. Learn more about Bill's free webinars. WGALaw.com is where you want to go. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and right now we're having a discussion on how the right documents can play a serious role when it comes to Medicaid and asset protection planning. And Bill, you went over a list of some of the important documents for us, and you wanted to dive into some of the more critical ones. Absolutely. So here we go. Your um, your spouse is in a nursing home. Uh, he's gotten through uh, rehab and things don't look good. Um, the, the doctors are saying... Mm, he or she really needs to stay in the nursing home for their safety. They've got a lot of needs. uh, And you know that you don't have the ability to uh, bring them home and care for them safely long term. Uh, And more often than not, this is a situation where you've been caring for them at home, you're worn out, uh, and they're worse now, and, and you know that you really don't have the ability to do what they need to do that needs to be done for them. Um, and so it's like, okay, you reluctantly acquiesce that the, uh, your loved one needs to stay in, in the nursing home. So at that point, where do we go from there? Because when your Medicare days run out, which are very limited, uh, 
than your own private pay. And, you know, typically the nursing home's going to cost uh, eight, between eight and $9,000 a month uh, or more. And guess what? That has to be paid in cash every month. Uh, you know, that is what why families struggle and why Medicaid can be so important. So obviously, at this point, if you haven't already seen an elder law attorney, this you better get to one right away. Uh, and of course, WG Alexander is an elder law firm. We we uh, handle these kind of things, so I hope folks will keep us in mind when they these kind of things happen. But what's the first thing that we want to do in order to uh, help the, our loved one get on Medicaid? And, importantly, to protect the property for the healthy spouse and the family at the same time. Uh, And, and, you know, of course, so the first thing that we need to do is to move all of the property from their, uh, uh, to the healthy spouse, what we call the community spouse, the spouse at home, okay? So we need to move the house. We need to move the farm. We need to move the business. We need to move the bank account, the investment accounts. The, we're, we need to move everything from both names or from our loved one's names to the community spouse's name. And moving title. And some people out there would say, whoa, what about the five-year look back and the sanctions and all of that good stuff? Well, guess what? There is no five-year look back, and there is no sanctions for transfers to your spouse. It's the only exception to the rule. Transfers to your children and grandchildren or other folks are sanctionable, and they do fall into the five-year look back. So you can't transfer property like that without good professional help anyway, because it has to be done a certain way if you're going to do it. So, but your spouse is an easy one. And then you might say, well, wait a minute. What, what if this is a second marriage or a third marriage and we have children by our previous marriages? And if I transfer everything over to the community spouse, will my children get anything? Well, the fact is, is that that can be accomplished. Uh, and for us, when we do this, this kind of planning, we always make sure that the eventual plan uh, is honored so that if if the our loved one's intention is for uh, the children to get the property at that person's death then we will create a trust or whatever is necessary at the appropriate time so that the loved one's property will actually continue to go exactly the way mom or dad intended it to go to to their children. Uh, That's an important part of good planning because you want it to make sure that it's still consistent, even if it's a second or third marriage with children by previous marriages. But the simplest case, of course, is mom and dad have been married for 50 years and uh, the children are all their children and, and that sort of thing. That's an easier case, obviously, because... Uh, their desires typically are exactly the same. Take care of each other and then divide things equally among the the children. Um, But what do you have to do? You have to have deeds to the real estate signed over 
with waivers so that marital rights are waived when it's transferred from one to the other. Uh, You may uh, need assignments of property or income from one to the other. Um, You um, need to change bank accounts and investment accounts. And uh, with retirement accounts, then we have a way uh, it's called a Medicaid qualified annuity. It's it's the only time I typically would use an annuity for, uh, but retirement accounts work, uh, but they have to be a specialized type of annuity, and we want those type of annuities paid to the community spouse, even if the uh, even if the uh, retirement account belongs to the nursing home. Uh, patient, uh, there is a way that you can actually annuitize it and have the money paid to the community spouse and not counted towards the the uh, institutionalized spouse. So guess what? There's only two ways to be able to move the property that we're talking about because we're trying to move everything. One way is because the nursing home patient is still lucid and capable of signing documents. Yay, you're lucky. But what if they're not lucid or not capable of signing documents? They can't understand what's going on anymore. Uh, Well, guess what? Under those circumstances, you need an enhanced general durable power of attorney. Folks think that I've got a general durable power. Most of them don't work to transfer your real estate uh, and to transfer it to the spouse. You'd be surprised. There's 10 different reasons why most powers of attorney don't work to be able to make the transfers that are needed to be made. And that's why the enhanced power of attorney is so, so important. Uh, And it's the the one document, even if people have fabulous documents, that most lawyers don't get right for seniors. Because this is where asset protection really comes into play. And to be able to do it right, you need the right kind of documents. And that's the real key there for seniors. Make sure that if you have a power of attorney or you have some documents that have been drawn up in the past, get them reviewed by an elder law attorney. I recommend that you go see the folks at WG Alexander & Associates. You can go to WGALaw.com if you want to attend Bill's free webinar when it comes to long-term care assistance. That's happening on Wednesday, September 13th. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button at the top of the page. You can also call the office. The phone number is 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. A quick break and back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be back after this. listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com to register for the long-term care assistance webinar happening on Wednesday, September 13th. Learn more about Medicaid, VA benefits, and all forms of financial assistance that might be available to you or a loved one. 
dealing with a long-term care crisis. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button at the top of the page, or call 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. We've got to get out of here. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful day.